the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. With a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. All right, well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith with a cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry O. Buckner. Well, tonight, we're getting back to our series. Uh, you may or may not be aware that we are in a war. There's a war raging all around us. It's not a war of guns and missiles. However, in the end, it may prove to be just as deadly. It's not a war over land and territories, but it is a war to capture and influence the hearts and minds of our society. In essence, it's a cultural war. So tonight, we bring you <clears throat> part 9A in our series, talking about 10 cultural and current issues that affect us as individuals, that affect our families, our churches, our communities, and our world at large. These cultural and current issues not only affect us, but they can lead us in the wrong direction, away from God and our fellow man. <clears throat> the real issue is how do we respond to these 10 cultural and current issues from a biblical and apologetic perspective? Well, to the for the answer to this and so much more, stay tuned, for we are not pretending. We are contending with the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed, and thank you so much for that uplifting uh, introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. I'm your host, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner, and we know you're going to be blessed by the program tonight. So we want to encourage you to get your pens and paper and your Bible and get to a table and take down these important notes. Uh, we have been building on this series for a long time. We come to part 9a. Uh, our text has been Romans chapter 13, verse 11. And the title has been with this series, not woke up, but awaken up. And I want to say this by way of introduction. Uh, we need to answer the current cultural problems of our day, and Contending for the Faith is committed to that. And we are committed to 1 Peter 3 and 15, giving answers, and Jude uh, 3, uh, Contending for the Faith. And, and when we look at today, uh, America, it has been turned upside down and inside out in the wrong way uh, with a Marxist, mentality of those who are in leadership and a socialist mentality. And we want to encourage people 
that uh, you have power behind voting. You need to get out and you need to vote and make a difference for time and eternity. Now, uh, the elections is coming up soon. And then the number one things and concerns on Americans' minds are inflation, the economy, crime, the border, uh, illegal immigration, and even though abortion is very important, uh, and we need to fight against uh, people who want to abort kids, uh, that's not the top thing on people's list. Uh, so we want to address uh, in this part 9A, I want to address how should we, listen to this question, how should we as Christians respond to injustices, BLM, and lawlessness? Now, question is, how should Christians respond to all that is happening in our country today? Now, another question is, does the Bible have anything to say about race, redemption, social justice, thefts, destruction of people and their property? or being unequally yoked with unbelievers and endorsing things that contradict scripture. And another question is, what does the Bible have to say about lawlessness and rioting? I believe that the Bible has a lot to say about these things, and we want to kind of uh, go into it so that you can be equipped and educated, because if you don't get equipped, you will get whipped by the enemy. Now, in the body of my message, uh, in Romans chapter 1, Romans chapter 1, verses 28 through 31, Romans chapter 1, verses 28 through 31, the Apostle Paul gives a long list of sins and sins of lawlessness and rioting behavior and, uh, and a depraved minds and reprobate minds and wretched and wicked and perverted hearts and Jeremiah in Jeremiah 17 9 talks about the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, and the Hebrew is incurably sick. Now, according to the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 1, verse 32, that those who practice these things uh, commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Now, uh, if you practice these things in America or any other world, uh, the you know the consequences are going to be a death. Sometimes in this world and in the next world, there's such a thing as eternal death. You need to understand that. Now, obedience to God's laws or law, which is established through the Bible, does matter. Now, there is such a thing, an important thing in the Bible, known as the law of love. You ever thought about that? Such a thing as the law of love. And this law of love is more important than the Sabbath, Ten Commandments, and all the laws, 613 strong. Everything we do and say <clears throat> must give biblical evidence and must spring from the foundations of the law of love, which Jesus, the loving teacher, Jesus first gave and taught about this love. And also 
uh, loving our neighbors as ourselves. If we commit to those two things, there will be no injustices, lawlessness, nor crimes in our world. Those are the two things that can give all of the troubles in our world today a black eye. If we stay grounded on the rock, which is Jesus Christ, and it's true, then we wouldn't have all these injustices in the world. But we would, if we live by God's justice, you know, in uh, Matthew chapter 22, Matthew chapter 22, verses 36 through 40, they asked Jesus, the teacher, which is the greatest commandments in the law? And uh, he said to him, they said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment, and the second is like it unto it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the laws and the prophets. Now, listen to me carefully. Uh, we should never be complacent, lots of days ago, indifference towards racism, discrimination, hate, bullying, regardless of the form it takes. All these things I have mentioned are sins that God hates, and the church cannot be silent regarding them, but confront them in Christ. We need to pray, yes, but not just pray. We need to use prayer as, we shouldn't use prayer as an excuse to not get involved with injustices of our world today. You hear so many people saying, I'm praying for so-and-so and so-and-so. No, you need to put legs with the prayer and get involved and be the light in a dark world and also be the salt in a world that's decaying. The Bible speaks of justice more than any other subject in the Bible. Did you not know that? The word justice is mentioned more so than any other subject, and God speaks about that more so than any other subject in the Bible. From the Old Testament and New Testament, in Amos 5 and 24, where the prophet Amos says, but let justice or judgment, justice roll down like waters and righteousness like a mighty stream. This was the uh, famous verse of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., he loved to quote this scripture. <clears throat> Question, but how else should we as Christians respond to injustice, lawlessness, and sin? We must respond to it by God's love and God's truth. And Jesus said by this, and when he talked about love, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples if you have love one towards another. And then he said, I am the way regarding truth. I am the way, the truth, and life. No man comes to the Father but by me. And he says, the truth will make you free. If we live by Jesus, we wouldn't have all these problems in the world today. If we live by what Jesus says and what he taught, we wouldn't have these problems. Because according to the Bible, God has revealed in his word that every single person created in God's image has tremendous value as God is the creator of all of us. Now, let me say this in conclusion <clears throat> and listen carefully. In the book of Acts chapter 17, verses 26 to 31, 
The Apostle Paul, under the leadership of the Holy Spirit, debunks Black Lives Matter, White Lives Matter, Brown Lives Matter, Yellow Lives Matter. And he argues only human lives matter. And that's so important. If we just only thought that way, we wouldn't be having all these problems in the world. Because in Acts chapter 17, verse 26, he says, and has made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on all the face of the earth. If you cut any race with a knife, only one color will come out, and that is red. And that's the precious also relates to Christ on the cross. He shed his red precious blood for all our sins to be one in him at the cross and the church and the body of Christ. And that is why Jesus prayed <clears throat> before he went back to be with his father. He prayed that high priestly prayer in John 17 and verse 21, that we would be one as he and the father are one. And the world would know that he, that his father has sent him into the world that they may believe that he has sent them uh, to the world. You know, division over race destroys unity. Division over race destroys unity. Now listen to this in closing, I mean, closing this. We need to get back to grace over race. Did you hear that? We need to get back to grace over race. We need to get back to sin over skin. We need to get back to biblical revelation over physical pigmentation. Mr. Louis Farrakhan, the, the leader of the nation of Islam, he's gotten to this race thing and he says, blacks came over uh, on rat infested ships and whites came over on the Mayflower. But Mr. Farrakhan, I wanna to say to you, we're all in the same boat now and we need to learn to be one in Christ. Now listen to this. The Bible teaches two kinds of people in the world. Two kinds of people in the world. Number one, there's the saved, and then the not saved. Number two, the not saved. And then there's the forgiven and the unforgiven. There's the, the rebel and the redeemed. It's the ones who are saved by sinners saved by grace and sinners not saved by grace. And which one are you? Which one are you? You know, we need to come to grips with this. Now, I want to say this in closing. I want to pray right now, this prayer. And I want you to pray along, along with me. Dear Lord, forgive me for getting into race over grace. Forgive me for getting into skin over sin. Forgive me for getting into physical pigmentation over biblical revelation. Help me, Lord, to look at people as being all equal in the eyes of God, and they all stand in need of one Lord, one Savior. So help me, Lord. Give me the three H's, help, healing, and hope. For we ask these things in Jesus' name, and we say together, amen. Brother Gary. Well, all right, it's time for us to take a commercial break. Our phone lines are open, and we want to hear from you tonight. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. 
You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith. And so we just are so excited to be back in the saddle with you tonight. We thank you for tuning in for the best of Contending for the Faith uh, pre-recorded broadcast while we were gone. But we're here tonight and we just appreciate you and we appreciate all of you who have been so diligent in praying for Contending for the Faith. It's a prayer-driven ministry and without those prayers, we're not going very far at all. But we know that uh, you, the listening audience, have been faithful in prayers. And so many of you have also been faithful in giving. It's really critical right now. We we want to challenge you tonight. We have a deficit of $118. So we want to get that cleared up and cleared out so that uh, we can go forward in the, with a new week uh, in the black. So we want to encourage you tonight. We need to uh, retire that little bit of debt, and we know it's possible. In addition to that, though, we want to just encourage you to continue to be consistent in your giving. Uh, as we approach the holiday season and the new year, we have to seriously consider uh, renewing our contract with the radio station. Uh, we have a new general manager, a new contract, and of course, just like everything else, prices are going up. And if we don't see consistency in giving, we have to make some hard decisions because we can't go into the new year uh, with the notion that people aren't giving. And so we want to encourage you. Now is is the time to be consistent in prayer. Now is the time, especially between now and the first of the year, we want to see consistency in giving so that we can know that God is is allowing us to make good decisions and to be good stewards. Dr. Buckner and I, uh, there's no way we can shoulder the burden of um, uh, every week the cost of uh, radio broadcasts on our own. We don't take any payment from this ministry. Everything goes right back into covering radio costs. So <clears throat> we need you to be consistent in your prayers, and we really need you to be consistent going forward in giving. There's two ways that you can donate. Uh, one, you can address Letters and cards to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. The second way is so much easier. Simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button. Now, we understand that there were some technical problems with our website over the last week or two, but those problems have been resolved, and you can most certainly go to the website. It's up. It's running. And uh, so we want to encourage you to do that. We also want to remind you that it is time to change the the, the, the clocks this tonight. So... Normally, it's spring forward and fall back. So set your clocks back an hour. You will gain an hour in the morning. So there should be no excuse for anybody to be late for church tomorrow. You're getting an extra hour of sleep, and you should be right on time. So I want to encourage you, set your clocks back. Don't forget. All right. Well, Dr. Buckner, are you ready to hit the phone lines? Let's do that, Brother Gary. Sounds like a winner. Okay. We have Sophia. She's been patiently waiting, and she's 
the first call of the night, and we get a chance to talk with her. Sophia, how you doing? Oh, I'm so happy, and I'm so thrilled to have you both back, although, Brother Gary, that laughter of yours on the Halloween show, it stayed with me oh, for about four days. <laughs> and so now I know what the Antichrist is going to sound like. Oh, no. <laughs> so I'm That's well good. prepared. Now, what I want no. to say before I get to my question is, you know what I think we should all do? Make our New Year's reservation, no, what do they call it? Not reservation. Resolution. Resolutions early. And we make a, our New Year's resolution early to give to contending for the faith. So I say this year, because it's so critical what you just said, you know, we forget about signing up with a radio station, all of that. So we could make our resolutions early to give to contending for the faith. Then it's out of the way. So that's my good idea. Yeah, yes. no, that's my suggestion. Well, you know, none of this waiting for afterwards. That's you know, this is too important. So then it's all done, and then we can go to the new year, and it's all our, you know, it's all done. That's my suggestion. Now, my question is, um, and I'm very confused because I was reading John, and in the book of John, seventeen six and nine. I'll just give one thing. It says, they were yours, you gave them to me, and they have kept your word. Then it also says, I pray for them. I do not pray for the world, but for those whom you have given me, for they are yours. So I guess I'm confused. Does God choose us ahead of time and give us to Jesus to be saved? And is that what they call the term election, not to be confused with Tuesday? And we all have to vote, by the way. But is that election... And what does that mean? You're, you, you have given these people to me. Well, that's a very good question. It would uh, entail election and predestination as well. Uh -huh. So I would throw in there with the word election, predestination, because it tells us in Ephesians 1 and 4 uh, that uh, he has uh, predestined us before the foundation of the world. And... Uh, so, and then when you also look at uh, Revelation, in the book of Revelation 17 and 8, their names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So, God knew from the foundation of the world, and that's why it uses the word foundation in Ephesians 1 4, that who would be elected and who would accept Christ and who would reject him as well. So, election has to do with those who have chose to accept Christ, but those who have chosen to accept Christ, the Father, God the Father, he's uh, omniscient, all-wise. Uh, he knows from the foundation of the world those who will choose to be in Christ, and he knew all about this before the foundation of the world. So, uh, including uh, those who not only have accepted Christ, but who are following him in, in obedience. So the son emphasized that those who believe in him were given by the father. So this is a special thing that God has elected and predestined before the foundation of the world. And he has given us uh, to uh, Christ, the father, and once he's done that, uh, if we bear the fruit of uh, true repentance, uh, 
then we can lean on also John 6 and 37, where it talks about, it says there, all, Jesus said, all that the Father given me, there is the word again, given, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. So, um, you know, this given uh, to uh, us in, in in Christ is something that God uh, foreknew, predestined, elected in Christ before the foundation of the world. And if we truly are walking in obedience and we're living under his kingship and his lordship daily, you know, we all do make mistakes, the word, deed, and thought, but we don't practice it as a uh, habit, as a habitual sin. Because when John talks about in, in, in his epistle, he that is born of God does not practice sin. Well, that's not the best translation. The word is he that is born of God does not practice sin habitually as a habit. So to bear the fruit of repentance, John said, bring forth the fruit of repentance. So we're really living uh, a life of the fruit of repentance. Then we can say that we are generally been uh, chosen before the foundation of the world. And the father has given us uh, to uh, Jesus has given us to the father. Uh, and we, uh, because the Father has given us to, uh, in Him. So we, the Father and the Son works together, but the, every believer comes to Christ because the Father knew before eternity that those who would be chosen and elected and predestined and who would follow Him. So we, in turn, uh, he gives us all to Christ, and uh, in Christ we are protected, and God the Father will never cast us out. That's some good news. That's, that's good news to know, and that's uh, something to shout about, uh, to know that it's the security of the believer. Now, some people don't believe in the security of the believer. Some people believe that you can fall from grace but I believe if you're genuinely a believer and you're really genuinely repentant and you're following Jesus as King and Lord, then, you know, there's no way you're going to be uh, fall from that grace uh, forever. So that's that's what it means when he talks about uh, in John 6 and 37, all that the Father has given to me, he will come to me and I will in no wise cast out. So once the Father gives us in Christ, Christ lets us know that he will no wise and no wise cast out. So hopefully I went into that a little deeper, but hopefully that's helped out. Well, that was fabulous. I can't tell you how, how fabulous, and it is good news and very, very clear. And you know what? To me, part of what God wants to see in us is that we are searching for the Word, and that is why living in the Word and that's why contending for the faith is so important to me, because that's part of my fruit, to show God I am searching every week. I listen. You give us so much to, to you know, learn and understand 
And so it's really, it's part and parcel. He chose us, but then we have to do our part. And for me, contending for the faith is a big part of it. So God bless you all. Amen. And one more note I want to say, when you read John uh, 15, he talks about bearing much fruit. And when some of the evidence of a changed life is uh, Galatians 5 and 22, where it talks about the fruit of the spirit of love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and self-control. So we, we need to bear that type of fruit in our life, but Jesus says to bear much fruit, and a genuine believer will be doing that. So thank you so much for your question and your call and your good suggestion as well. We always appreciate your call, and God bless you as well. Thank you. God bless you. Good night. Good night. All right. Well, we have a little bit of time. I think we can get started with uh, Jermaine. Oh, Brother Jermaine. Okay. Brother Jermaine, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing very well. Oh, good. Good. What's on your heart tonight, brother? Well, just, uh, you know, if I had time, I just wanted to share a, uh, a praise report. Oh, we always love to hear praise reports. And what's what's your praise report? Yeah, just um, there's an old childhood friend of mine that I've been praying for consistently for um, in just years. We hadn't seen each other, and uh, you know, just due to the kind of upbringing, I, I didn't know if he was alive or dead. So I've been praying for him as he came on my mind, praying for his salvation. And, uh, you know, I've seen God move, so I'll say, hey, be still with us, Lord. Just let us uh, cross paths one day. I just want, you know, I'm concerned about him. So uh, in the, I guess last week in the San Francisco Tenderloin, happened to be talking to a good brother, and I was circling the block because parking's crazy out there. I finally found a space right before I was about to give it up. And as I'm uh, walking down the block to go to one of my favorite restaurants, He's simultaneously walking right by me, coming from the opposite direction. And uh, he he recognized me. <laughs> I hadn't seen him in so long, I had to do a double take. And he nearly broke out into tears from the reunion. Mm. And we uh, exchanged information. And the reason it's critical is because he apparently was on his way to court. He'd been having a lot of personal issues with uh, marriage and, I guess, divorce, child custody, and you name it, no job, and it was just in the right time. So I guess I just wanted to kind of share to kind of encourage people to continue praying. He, he let me know I hadn't seen him in 17 years. I didn't know it was quite that long, but God answered that prayer, and at the right time, because he's at a critical moment in his life and just wanted to kind of turn him on to as much of, uh, well, just the Christian walk as I can and just continue to to try and uh, uplift the brother and share what the Lord did for us. Oh, wonderful. It sounds like you had like almost like a reunion uh, coming back together and to know the power of prayer, how God uh, does answer prayer. And it may not be like they used to say in the old black church, he may not be there when you want him, but he's always on time. And that's a beautiful testimony there. What, what is his first name? Antiques. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what, yeah. we almost had a commercial uh, right now, but let's uh, go in prayer and just uh, pray around this praise report and pray for him as well, Brother Gary. All right. Well, Lord, we just thank you that 
you orchestrate many miracles in our lives on a daily basis and that you do hear prayer. And even sometimes we are moved to pray for friends and families that we have not been in contact with for many, many years. And we never know, but Lord God, you hear those quiet prayers and you make these reunions happen. And so we just thank you and we pray for Santis and we pray for his issues and struggles that he's having, that he would rely on you, that he would turn to you because you are able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all he could ask or think and that you could move in his life and restore homes and marriage and situation and jobs, all of that you're able to do. So we just lift him up and we just also rejoice that this reunion occurred and we give you glory in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. All right. Well, it is time for us to take a commercial break. Our phone lines are open. We'll be right back. More of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Well, welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area Pastor, Lecturer, Counselor, and Expert on the Cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. I'm Gary Bell, and once again, want to thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith. Please continue to pray. And also, we want to thank those of you who have been so faithful as you have given to this ministry for so many years. Uh, this is a prayer-driven ministry, and it's, and it's a listener-supported ministry. And as we round the corner toward the new year, which will be shortly, after, actually, um, can't believe uh, we're already into November. We've got two months left in the year. Isn't that amazing? Um, but we have to make some decisions as we come upon um, January, we need to re-up our contract with with the station, and there's going to be additional charges as they've increased uh, the cost of radio time. And so we have to look at all those factors and be prayerful about what God would have us to do. And we need to see consistency in giving. Right now, we have a debt of $118 that we need to satisfy this week. So we need your help tonight, especially with that. But even more so going forward, we want to see consistency and we want to make sure that we're able to um, readily handle what's going to be coming up in the new year. We need your support in order to do that. So we want to encourage you, continue to pray and continue to give. There's two ways that you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, Post Office Box 553, Tiburon, T-I-B-U-R-O-N, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much simpler. Just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. Click on the Donate button, and it's that simple. And as I mentioned earlier, there were some problems over the last week or two with the website, but all those things have been rectified everything's working properly you can go on and give there's no issues whatsoever everything's running smoothly so we want to encourage you go to contendingfaith.org click on the donate button and it's that simple we also want to remind you that tomorrow 
uh, you need to set your clocks back. You're going to gain an hour, an hour. So that's exciting. You get to sleep in a little bit. And as I mentioned earlier, there's no reason for you to be late to church tomorrow because you're going to have an extra hour. Well, we're uh, Dr. Buckner, are you back? You're about ready to uh, hit the phone calls again? Yes, sir. Let's do it. Okay. We have Brother Rick on line three. Brother Rick, how are you doing this evening? Brother Rick? Can you hear me? Yes, yeah. we can hear you. How are you doing? I am blessed. Oh, good. Blessed. Good to hear you. I'm looking forward to talking with you. Oh, good. Good to hear your voice. And what's on your heart tonight? Well, I've got a question. It's in Second Samuel 12, and it talks about David's war with Ammon. What is the context behind that? Uh, yes. Okay. So for, let me just say this. Uh, it's uh, a very good question that you have. Um, the In Second Samuel, especially the last verse, it's been a very controversial verse of Scripture because uh, there are two perspectives of what's happening here. We really don't know the full details of it. But let me kind of lay it out uh, for you. Uh, the first one is when it says in verse 31 of uh, 2 Samuel chapter 12, uh, and he brought forth the people that were therein and put them under saws and under heralds and iron and under axes of iron and made them pass through the brickland. And thus did he unto all the cities of the children of Ammon. So David and all the people returned into Jerusalem. And you can see also in verse 30 where he took their the king's crown from off his head. And then uh, you see that David set it on his own. He set it on his own head. Now, uh, the people of Ammon were, the Ammonites were very pagan anti-God, and they were um, very brutal people. They were uh, would kill people and chop them up and execute them in a very brutal way. And so um, some have interpreted this when it says here in verse 31, and you can also parallel this to First Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 3, because it pretty much says the same thing in First Chronicles chapter 20 and verse 2 and 3, where it says it took the, the crown off the, the king's head, and then it talks about how he they had him under, they put the people under saws and uh, iron, and they also um, axes. So, so the two interpretations of this, and we're not really sure about what actually happened, but people can interpret it two ways. Uh, but the first way is that because they were uh, executing people on a brutal level and cutting them uh, with saws and axes themselves, that um, David ended up getting the Ammonites together, the people, and gave them a taste of their own honey and, uh, you know, did the same thing that they were doing to the other people. The other interpretation is that uh, David simply put him under extremely 
hard labor with uh, axes of iron and that sort of thing and saws and stuff like that. So um, this is one of those uh, oxymoron scriptures that we really don't have a definitive answer to. But when we get before God, uh, this is one of the questions that I have to ask God what actually happened. And I'll be asking David, too. <laughs> so anyway, uh, just wanted to kind of like uh, put that in a proper context of this. Uh, it has been a controversial scripture, and very few people have ever, ever read it. But when they do read it, they're like, oh, my God, what did David do? Well, he either did two things. He either gave him hard labor work and with saws and stuff like that, or he just sawed them up. So we don't know. But it's for anyone's speculation, but we don't build truth upon speculation, but revelation. So hopefully that kind of like helps out in the context of what uh, is going on here. But you have to look at this uh, from uh, the, uh, the last verse of the scripture and it kind of like tells you about the summation of what's uh, ended up happening. So help, hopefully that helps out, Brother Rick. Okay, thank you. Let me ask this also, in, in, re in reference to that, I was thinking about the history between the children of Israel and Ammon, and Ammon has always been a perverse people. Correct. So there's always been a history of war between them. Absolutely. Been a tremendous war between them and the Jebusites, the Hittites, and uh, the Ammonites, you got all of those people that they were having a history of a war with. And I would say Jebusites, Ammonites, Hittites, and those who had, none of them had any lights. <laughs> none of them had the lights of Christ and got all those Hittites and Jebusites and all of those things. But uh, yeah, it's always been a history of battle. But, you know, the Lord always got the, uh, the one most of the time. It's only when he was sometimes uh, like Cyrus, sometimes God was like the Babylonians, took uh, Israel into captivity over 70 years. And one of the main reasons why is because they didn't give to him 70 uh, years of Sabbath worship. So God said, okay, well, you're not going to do that for me? I'm, what I'm going to do is give you 70 years of, of slavery. So the only time that the enemy had the, got the best of God's people is when God in turn just turned around and, and, and whipped them. And sometimes, you know, one of the uh, greatest times that we pray is when uh, the enemy and worldly people kick us in our glutamous maximums. That's when we get on our knees and really pray. So God still is in the business of Sometimes letting our enemies give us a good spanking, and that's that's sometimes that's a big wake up call for many of us. So, but they were definitely enemies, and but they were enemies on a level where they did brutal stuff, and you know uh, it was just inhumane stuff that they would do. So, uh, do you have any uh, prayer requests? We're gonna try to get to uh, Alfred's uh, prayer. Uh, he has a prayer request. Well, do you have a prayer request? Caller two, we have Sally on five. Oh, okay. 
you have any prayer requests, Brother uh, Rick? Brother Rick, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Do you have any prayer requests? Can you hear me? Yes. What's your prayer request? Continue just to pray for my health and just to pray this time for a supernatural healing of all the things I've been going through, my ears, my, my urinary system, my uh, Parkinson's, my diabetes. I'm asking for a supernatural healing now. Mm-hmm. Okay. That sounds like a good one. All right. Let's, let's pray for that, Brother Gary. Lord, we just lift up, Brother Rick. You are the great physician, and we know, Lord God, you're able to heal, touch, and restore. We know that you have never lost a case, Lord God. And we pray, Lord God, for Brother Rick's health, a supernatural healing for Parkinson, diabetes, his, hear, his ears, and um, urinary tract. And we just pray all, for all of these things, from the crown of his head to the tip of his soul, Lord God, we pray for healing, life, restoration, and wholeness. Lord God, we pray that you give him a testimony, Lord God, as a result. And we pray, Lord God, that many would be encouraged as a result. We pray tonight that you'd move in a mighty way. And also encourage Brother Rick, Lord God. Help him to stand in his faith, Lord God. Help him be strong. And, and we just thank you for him and ask these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, Brother Gary, let's get to uh, pray for Alfred, and then we'll try to squeeze the Sally in here after. Oh, yes. Lord, we just lift up Alfred. He would like prayer for his brother and uh, their, his wife, that their, their relationship would be healed and reconciliation that would, would occur. We pray for love in the midst of that marriage, Lord God, that you would be the cement that binds them in their love for one another. And we ask this thing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we uh, try to squeeze Sally in here in a little limited time we have. All right, Sister Sally, are you there? I am here. How you doing? Dr. Buckner, uh, Deborah Winterfeld wants to uh, say that she was glad to hear that you were celebrating Nancy's birthday, and she always appreciates prayer. It's quite a challenge to be a Christian in a non-Christian six-woman room. Uh, she's she's in complete care uh, where she is in Berkeley. Uh, I'm very concerned that uh, any Christian would vote for somebody that wants purely a democracy. I always connect democracy with you and with other people, other men uh, talking about mobs. And uh, it's much better to have a republic under God. Um, but if you could talk a little bit about the, your feeling about this problem with democracy? Yeah, that's a good question. What I would like to do is 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 really take some time out first is to uh, pray for Deborah Winterfield because I see that as a really important thing. And if we have some time with you tonight, we'll deal with it. And if not, next uh, Saturday we'll address have you to call in and we'll address you right away. So Gary. Let's pray for Deborah. I know you remember Deborah. She was a faithful caller. Mm-hmm. Let's pray for her. Oh, Lord, we just lift up Deborah tonight, Lord God, that you would meet her at her point of need, and Lord God, that you would encourage her and use her in the midst of the her situation, Lord God, that she would be a, a light in a dark place, that the women she's around on a daily basis would see her 
see you in her and, and that you would use her to touch their lives and to bring the reality of living in true God to them, that they would be saved, that they would be healed, that they would be set free in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to address this thing of democracy next uh, week. Uh, definitely. I think we, but just to say, I hear the music, just to say this, that our democracy is under a tremendous amount of threat to become a socialist, Marxist world. And we need to pray that God will intervene in a mighty way and that people will turn back to getting the land healed because without God, this democracy is going to be destroyed. So we need to I want to deal with this some more next weekend. Even if we don't get you in, uh, Sally, we'll, uh, I'll address it and, and, and deal with it on a deeper level. Brother Gary. All right. Well, please keep us in your prayers until next week. At this time, when we once again give you the opportunity to ask questions and make comments and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you. And don't forget, set those clocks back tonight. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.